So welcome into the program from the Texas Ranger broadcast team, Jared Sandler. Jared, good morning. How are you? Good morning, guys. I'm doing great. I know it's not opening day for the Rangers, but as you guys mentioned, Major League Baseball opening day, this is always, uh, I think, a, a great day in our 365-day uh, calendar year. Well, we were just talking about it. Ward mentioned that this should be a national holiday and we should all be off work, uh, and, and I could not agree with him more. Are you a traditionalist? I mean, we were just looking at the schedule, only a couple of day games. In fact, I think the Cubs at 1 o'clock or one twenty or something like that. Wouldn't you? We were just talking about it. It's opening day, not opening night. We we should have day games on this first day of the season. So I, I, yeah, and I could be wrong. So I, I know a few games were postponed, and I think uh, at least one or two of them uh, were supposed to be day games. But I, I know that you know they baseball basically kept the schedule as is, and so that not only means that the you know whoever you were supposed to play today. Uh, even though the season was delayed is, is who you're playing. I think they kept game times as well. Uh, I could be wrong. I, I know like for Toronto, for instance, they just they kept the game time as is for tomorrow as opposed to making it a day game. But yeah, typically I think it's awesome when you have day games. I used to I used to hate that, you know, when the Rangers would open up in Oakland or Seattle to start the season I feel like they would always have night games because I was never, I mean, when I was like eight, nine years old. I was never able to stay up until 1230 at night. I mean, as much as I tried. Uh, so, yeah, I much prefer the opening day, day game. Uh, but I think because of the lockout, I think that complicated having a more traditional setup. You know, for instance, Cincinnati, I think for just the third time ever is not opening up at home and they were supposed to it's a tradition that Cincinnati always plays a home game uh to start the season but again because of the lockout that uh that that wasn't the case this year so I think a lot of the traditions and a lot of the the typical setup was uh, messed up by this lockout that uh screwed everything up for everyone it certainly did let's uh let's talk about this 2022 uh addition that the the Rangers have put together you, you mentioned to us late last season that you felt like the Rangers would be active in, in in free agency and doing some things but Jared did you did you anticipate it being this dramatic I mean this is a very very different opening day roster yeah you know I definitely thought that there were going to be a lot of changes uh you know I, I'd be lying to you if I told you that I you know I'd been predicting Seeger and Simeon for, for months and months. I, I was really shocked by Marcus Simeon, not uh, because I didn't think the Rangers would want him. I think any team would want him. I got the sense just without knowing Marcus at the time, you know, he'd been so close to uh, winning a world series and that he'd been on a number of playoff teams, you know, he had never played in a world series, but, I thought that, you know, he would want to go to a team on the West Coast, which is where he's from, and he's basically spent his entire life, and a team that was ready to win a World Series this year. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's in, in coming to Texas, that wasn't the case. Uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, he was aware that this was a team that, was heading in the right direction, but I, I don't think anyone looks at the Rangers and thinks, Oh, you know, this is their year. Uh, and so I was really impressed with what he had to say about coming here, because I think you can, you can read between the lines with guys like, was it just the money play or, you know, what were there other factors? 
And and one thing too, like I know the Rangers have a history with A-Rod of just signing a great player and uh it you know, no matter what he wanted to say at the time, it was about the money. But that was also because the Rangers outbid themselves like ten times over. Uh that wasn't the case here. You know, it was a very competitive market for Marcus Simeon. He chose coming to Texas. Uh and and I think the reason you can kind of sift through the the nonsense there, the potential nonsense is listening to him talk about like the farm system, listening to him talk about some of the details of the organization that you only know if you really put in the time and, you know, the thorough research in in terms of making the decision. I thought that was a huge addition for the Rangers because when Marcus Simeon signs with your team with how respected he is around the league, people notice. And for him to, to choose Texas. Yeah. I'm not going to lie and, and sit here and act naive that he, he's not getting paid a lot of money, but he, he could have been paid a lot of money to go to a number of places, but it really does seem like he, he buys into where this organization is going. And that to me was the biggest surprise. I, I'm not surprised they got a big fish in Corey Seager. I guess I just didn't expect Marcus Simeon to choose to come to Texas, but I think the Rangers are going to benefit tremendously on the field and in the clubhouse with having him around. Jared, after watching spring training and, and the Rangers going through that, getting ready for opening day in Toronto tomorrow, the one thing on this roster that makes you go, hmm, didn't see that coming. Well, uh, let's see. I, I mean, I guess it would be Marcus Simeon would be the, the answer to that. Beyond that, uh, I knew the Rangers weren't going to go into this season with Jose Trevino and Jonah Heim as their two catchers. I didn't know which one of those two would not be on the roster. Obviously we know now, you know, it's Jose. Uh, I guess I didn't see if you really want to get specific, Isaiah Kiner Falefa bringing back uh, Mitch Garver uh, and, and Ronnie Enriquez was a part of the trade as well, going to Minnesota. But uh, you know, Mitch Garver's biggest knock is simply that he just hasn't been able to stay healthy, but when healthy, this guy's one of the best hitting catchers in baseball over the last three years. And, you know, there aren't many catchers, these days who you want in the lineup on days they don't catch, uh, you know, because catchers, as you guys know, they don't play 150, 155 games. You know, they're going to, you know, the, the, the really good ones say for like Salvador Perez, they're going to, they're going to start behind the plate, 110, 115 games. And you're probably going to sit them the other games because their bats just not good enough for you to, want to throw them in the lineup. There are only a handful of catchers for whom that's not the case. And Mitch Garver is one of those guys. So uh, I was impressed that they were able to get Mitch Garver in that deal. And, you know, this is a guy who is going to be a middle of the order bat and they kind of got him without a whole lot of fanfare attached to it. So that's the guy who, when, uh, you know, when I look around the clubhouse, uh, I just, that was sort of a surprise to me, not that they got another catcher, but that, they were able to get another catcher for, for Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, who statistically speaking is kind of a number nine hitting infielder. And, and I think honestly, a guy who on a really good team is probably best served as a 10th guy. Jared, are there any concerns for the MLB as far as opening day aligning with the masters and those two sharing such a similar fan base as far as viewership goes? You know, I, I I'm sure. Yeah. I, I I guess I haven't really put in a whole lot of thought about it. I, I, I thought about this morning thinking how cool is it that uh, you can kind of go back and forth between the two. You know, that, again, lockout, timing those two up, uh, unfortunate. But, 
and, and you know, obviously there's there's a whole lot of uh, attention because of Tiger and, and, you know, his return and whatnot. But I, I think that, you know, if you're if you're locked into opening day, uh, especially for your specific team, I don't know that it's really going to be a big deal. I, I don't think baseball is going to look back and say, uh, man, you know, they we really like we had no attention because of golf. I love golf. I love watching golf. Uh, and I know that there are a lot of people who do, and you mentioned there's probably a lot of crossover, but I do think golf is maybe a little more niche. Uh, and if this was Sunday, you know, maybe it'd be different, but I think here on Thursday and tomorrow, uh, you know, for the teams who open tomorrow, not today, I don't think it's going to take too much of the attention away, but probably Sunday baseball would have liked to have avoided if, if it would have been possible. Talking with Jared Sandler from the uh, Texas Ranger broadcast team. Jared, uh, how close was Matt Carpenter to making this this opening day roster? Not at all, uh, and and not in, and it's not a shot at him. There was basically an agreement between the two sides that, uh, hey, we want to bring you in, but we're almost certainly not going to put you on the opening day roster. Uh, you know, we, we'd likely we want to have you around, and then you know we'll see if things make sense to send you to triple a and get it back. And then it, you know, get you back to the big league level at some point. So, you know, the Rangers didn't sign Matt Carpenter just to uh, have him around and with no intention of him being a big leaguer, but it was almost treated. I mean, he was healthy, but it was almost treated like a guy who was coming back from an injury and they weren't trying to rush things. They didn't want him chasing after, uh, you know, an unreachable benchmark or anything, and he was cool with that. I mean, you know, he, he could have signed elsewhere. He chose to sign with Texas. He lives in Fort Worth. He wanted to be close to home. So I think there's still some conversations as to whether or not uh, he's going to go to AAA uh, and, you know, how long he might, you know, play that string out. But, yeah, the, when he was brought in, it really wasn't with the idea that he would be a part of the opening day roster. It was with the potential that, hey, let's, let's knock off some of the cobwebs because you were a late acquisition. Uh, you know, once camp had started and, and see, you know, what happens beyond that. Jared, after back-to-back last-place finishes and now all the moves in the offseason that the Rangers did, spending more money than anybody in MLB, is the heat starting to or will it start to get turned up on Chris Woodward now? Well, I, I think for Woody, this is definitely the first year, probably in earnest, where we'll really get to see him manage. Uh, and – I, you know, I think that we learned a little bit last year and that, you know, they had, you guys know this in any sport, whether you're a hundred loss team in, in baseball or, you know, a three, four win team in the NFL or, you know, whatever the equivalents would be in the NBA and the NHL, you know, some of those Dick Mata Mavericks teams back in the nineties, <laughs> uh, you know, when you, when you win every everyone or a lot of people are happy and a lot of problems get pushed to the side when you lose they come to the forefront and you know think about it there really weren't issues last year now i know there were a decent amount of young guys who you know it was probably best for business for them to keep their mouth shut in general but uh you know you had joey gallo leaving saying no i i I didn't want to leave like he had he got traded from a hundred lost team to a team that you know, when he got acquired by the Yankees was a, a world series contender. And he's like, yeah, that's cool. I, I don't really want to leave Texas. And I think a lot of that is because of Woody. I, I think, you know, you had Brock Holt who wanted to come back. Uh, the Rangers chose Charlie Culberson, another veteran. I think the veterans who uh, didn't have the, the, you know, a reason to keep their mouth shut. The fact that those two guys wanted to come back and one of those guys is back 
says a lot at least about Woody from a, a clubhouse, a, a leadership, and a, a communication or connectivity standpoint with the players. Now, as far as the in-game stuff, it's been really tough to judge him over the last three years. He hasn't had – you know, it's like asking someone to go and win a poker tournament but telling them, hey, I'm not going to deal you any face cards the entire tournament. Uh, it's really tough to win that way. And so now he's got – who's got maybe a little more to work with. I would, I would caution and say, I do think the bullpen is very unproven. And I think that a manager, a lot of times gets judged mostly in game with their pitching decisions, but this is going to be a much more competitive team. And I think that when you are more competitive and things, and there's more on the line and things do or don't go your way, that's also a test. You know, how do you, how do you deal with some of these bigger personalities? And he certainly has more, uh, personality, or at least more guys with big time skins on the wall than he's ever had. So, long answer to your question is, yeah, I, you know, I think that uh, we are going to start to figure out what what we have in Chris Woodward. But I think that the returns, record aside, have been good. And, and also think about 2019, his first year, they overachieved that year. You know, that was the only year in his three years where they actually had like a decent amount of talent, not not playoff talent. Uh, they weren't, you know, they were picked to finish last in the AOS that year as well, but they were competitive. I think going into Minnesota right before the all-star break, there were questions Would the Rangers be buyers of the deadline 2020, 2021, obviously uh, wasn't the case, nor was the, the talent on the roster indicative of a team that would compete. So, yeah, I think this is a big year and I think we're going to learn a, a little bit more about what Chris Woodward brings in that role. Jerry, the Rangers are going to open up in Toronto, but on Monday will be the home opener against the Rockies. Are they are they expecting a sellout, or what? What are they? What's the anticipation right now for the Rangers' home opener? Yeah, so I think there are still individual tickets available on the website, but yeah, I think the expectation is that it will be a sellout. I know they had a, a sellout last year on opening day against Toronto. Actually, it was against yeah the home opener was against Toronto, right? So. Uh, they, they open on the road against Toronto this year. Last year was Toronto at home. This year, obviously, Colorado at home uh, on Monday. And, you know, I, I will say this, guys, for a 100-loss team, and I think, it, you know, the first year of fans at the ballpark and the, 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 the roof certainly helped, there were some pretty decent crowds later in the year for a, a team that was on its way to 100 losses. And what was so neat to me was, you know, this place gets loud, and I'm really excited as the Rangers start to – be more and more competitive, what sort of a home field advantage, just from an environment standpoint, Globe Life Field can be. The the closed roof certainly helps the noise, but it's also not as large as Globe Life Park was, where you can have 40,000 people and still have the entire top deck empty. Here, you have 40,000 people, it looks like there's not a single seat available, and so uh, it's a cool environment. I'm hoping that it's a sellout. I think the expectation is it will be a sellout, and uh, hopefully the Rangers can uh, give the, the home fans a little more to cheer about this year than the last few years. Yesterday, uh, Major League Baseball announced that they've done a deal with NBC and Peacock for uh, some streaming opportunities. Uh, Jared, are, are we headed in a different direction? Are, are, are we going to be in our lifetime where we're purchasing to watch all of these uh, Major League Baseball events and sporting events in general? And is there a time coming where – what, if I want to hear you broadcast a game, I'm going to have to, to go to XM or, or, or Sirius and, and pay for it? I, well, I, you know, I hope, I hope not uh, to the degree to which I think, you know, you're, you're asking. I, I do wonder 10 years from now how we consume sports. And is it, you know, totally, uh, you know, pick your channels as opposed to, 
you know, having packages that include certain channels. And if I want this channel, then I got to buy the, you know, the 20 others that come with it. Uh, and, you know, maybe you can kind of pick your own menu type of thing. But, you know, hopefully from a cost standpoint, it's it's not, you know, more expensive than it already is. I, I'm not a cord cutter. I, I, I can't just because, uh, you know, the, the Bally stuff with some of these cord cutting services and, and I need to have, you know, Bally's to be able to watch the local teams. Uh, but, you know, I know a lot of people are going in that direction and, and they love it. And I think all sports uh, are – as, as their current TV deals expire, are restructuring deals to include the streaming element to it. Uh, it's a it's a game changer. I'm not smart enough to to you know be able to look at technology and and say hey in five ten years this is how it's going to be. You know I'm not one of those you know, like Mark Cuban has kind of called a lot of this really. If you listen to some of his, go back and hear some of his comments from five ten years ago. Uh, I'm not one of these people. But I do know that streaming is here. It's not going anywhere. Uh, and I think that the way we consume sports is going to change. Uh, and, and, you know, as far behind as baseball has been on a lot of things, baseball was at the forefront for the streaming part of it uh, with MLB TV and the app. And a lot of sports have modeled uh, their setup uh, around Major League Baseball. It's one of the, the few things they can kind of celebrate with, with the growth of the game. And, so I imagine baseball is going to continue to to explore that you know that avenue, and and I think it they need to. You know, I've been I was asked the other day, is Apple TV and is the Peacock stuff is that all good? And I don't know how to break it down. I just know that if it's streaming and if it's different and it's going to maybe expose you to different audiences, it is good. And I love baseball, and uh, you know I I don't I, I think if baseball didn't change, it, I would love it. But I also recognize that that's not the case for a majority of folks and the sport needs to continue to evolve. It needs to continue to try and appeal itself to uh, different audience groups. Uh, Otherwise it's going to continue to fall behind. So if streaming is the way to do it, then, you know, I think they, they need to explore it, but I hope it's not to, to kind of your point where people have to now pay what they're paying for TV and then additional to watch baseball. I think over time it will all kind of sort itself out and people figure out what that, that right balance is. Rangers, Blue Jays tomorrow, and uh, we'll have the broadcast. And, man, we look forward to it, uh, the first of 162. Hey, Jared, thanks so much for your time. Appreciate it. Enjoy tomorrow, and I, I know it's going to be a great day for the Rangers and the Blue Jays to get things going, and we look forward to it. Oh, I appreciate it, guys, and appreciate all the Rangers fans throughout the state of Texas and uh, hoping, uh, hoping for some more wins this year than the past few years.